Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we've got a mini-sode for you where we're doing two movies. Two movies that we split. One I saw, one you saw. That's right. All right, we're going to play you the uh, trailer for Jumanji. Wow, this is a fun group. Welcome to detention. Spencer, Bethany, Fridge, Martha. You're all here for a reason. Hey, person walking. You should be thinking about who you are and who you want to be. You'll have plenty of time to figure that out while you're cleaning out the basement. Are you gonna help or are you too pretty? I'm too pretty. Yo, what's this? A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. Jumanji. You pick a character and you're that person in the game. Which one do I pick? I don't think it matters that much. Oops, Finbar. Sounds like a badass. I'll be the curvy genius. Dr. Smolder Bravestone. I guess I'm Ruby Roundhouse. All right. So first movie we're going to talk about is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Last week, you might remember, we talked about the uh, VHS of the original film. Now, 21 years later, we get the uh, sequel, which I'm happy to report is a sequel. It's a real sequel. It's a real sequel. Not a yes. bullshit soft boot re- or reboot. I mean, yeah, it uh, it doesn't it doesn't cling too much to the original, but it is a sequel. It acknowledges events of the original, so it is a true sequel. So let me read you what that movie's about, and then I'll tell you what I thought of it. Synopsis, if you will, <laughs> goes like this: When four high school kids discover an old video game console with a game they've never heard of, Jumanji, they are immediately drawn into the game's setting literally becoming the avatars they choose gamer spencer becomes the brawny adventurer dwayne johnson whose name is something bravestone or something like that oh, really? football jock fridge loses in his words the top two feet of his body and becomes einstein kevin hart popular girl bethany becomes a middle-aged male professor jack black and wallflower martha becomes badass warrior karen gillen what they discover is that you don't just play Jumanji, you have to survive it. To beat the game and return to the real world, they'll have to go on the most dangerous adventure of their lives and discover what Alan Parrish left 20 years ago and change the way they think about themselves or they'll be stuck in the game forever. Oh no! Wah, wah. Yeah, this movie was directed by Jay Kasdan, who did The Amazing Orange County and Walk Hard's Dewey Cox Story. And yeah, we mentioned the four stars, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Karen Gillan, Kevin Hart and Jack Black. So, are they all actually playing themselves in this? Uh, no. Actually, it was really fun to see. The only one that is just doing the same old shtick is Kevin Hart. Uh, and I'll be first to admit, I don't think Kevin Hart's funny at all. And he well, does the same shtick where he just yells the lines of dialogue, but they're not like jokes. He's just yelling. And it, that doesn't make me laugh. That's pretty much what Kevin Hart can only do. Yeah. And he's not an actor. He's just a comedian in a film, really. Yeah, and he's not even he's not even telling jokes. He's just yelling, like, obvious things that are happening in the movie. His, like, jo- crutch joke is that he has a backpack on the whole movie. So if you think backpacks are hilarious, you'll think that character is hilarious. <laughs> I think Kevin Hart's going down the uh, Dane Cook 
Brown. Yeah, for sure. He's gonna be he, and he's going to burn out. Yeah. He's going to burn out, I think. But The Rock is hilarious because yeah. watching him play like a nerdy 14-year-old, 15-year-old is great. Uh, and he owns it. Jack Black is, absolutely steals the show as the, the popular girl trapped in Jack Black's body. And he owns it. He's having a blast so with just, the role. So he just pretty much steals every scene. Yeah, he's great. But uh, I think the unsung hero of the movie is Karen Gillan, who almost gives like a subtly great performance. She is like embodying like an awkward 15-year-old girl. And she nails it. All right. So I really like the cast of this movie. And that's the girl from Doctor Who. One yes. Of the original Doctors or the second one? I don't know. Yeah, one one of those. I don't I don't watch that show, but she's you know in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, so that's what I mostly know her from. There goes our entire British audience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the Rotten Tomatoes for the movie it has a seventy eight percent. Uh, 115 fresh out of 148 critics at the time that we printed this and a 4.4 out of 5 audience score and the IMDb is pretty high too with a 7.2 out of 10 out of 13,500 votes I I really liked it I thought it was a really fun time I had a good time with the movie thought it was a nice little send up to the original but also did its own thing and it it, it was a really good solid sequel I do think, you know, I would probably, if I had to do out of numbers, I'd probably give it like an 8 out of 10 because I, I had a lot of fun with it. But uh, my big critique is the movie is two hours long, and it did not need to be. I could have taken that in an hour and a half. So that's my... Probably should have been 90 minutes. Yeah, or, or an hour 45, you know, something like that. But like it, at least, yeah, 15 minutes chopped out of that, but probably could have chopped out a half hour. It's, for, for a good period of it, it is, it's like watching someone play a video game you know where they have to go up the levels and you know that's fun for a while but you know how that could be when you're at your friend's house and you're like all right you're having all this fun but like i'm still just sitting here watching you play so that's my only little nitpicky critique about the movie is that it's a little long well it's making money yes so it looks like we've made 72 million and foreign uh 49.5 million yeah 121 total out of an estimated $90 million budget. That's so pretty damn good. Yep, yeah, they're already making their money back. I'm glad. You know, they, they did a good they did a good job with the movie. It's, it's a lot of fun. I think also, too, kids are going to like it a lot. It's definitely like a PG-13. It's not as light as the uh, original. And you see a lot of, you know, teenager humor in it. But I think kids are really going to dig it a lot still. Cool. I, I Yeah, I really liked it my funny story about going to see it yesterday we get to the theater it's a tuesday night to tuesday after christmas and the place is full like the line is literally out the door and the only show that sold out is the jumanji we were trying to go see <laughs> and so we were like well we gotta kill time we're already here and we went and saw greatest showman and while we were waiting for the next showing of jumanji I had a great time with it. I really liked that movie a lot. Wasn't expecting anything and had a great time with that too. So all in all, it was a good day at the movies. Yeah, I'm glad you had a good double feature. Yeah, absolutely worth it. So that's my that's my report in from those. What do you got? I have Logan Lucky and we'll show you the trailer right here. Are you ready? Yeah. You certain? No. This is going to be good. I need you to focus here. This woman needs containing. How goes it? Now there are no ones. How do you think it's going? That looks like it hurt. Oh, no. 
Hopefully you'll have beginner's luck getting it into first. A little intense for the kids, ain't it? No, they love it. There you go. Now I'm going to introduce Logan Lucky. Here's a synopsis for it. West Virginia family man Jimmy Logan teams up with his one-armed brother Clyde and sister Mealy to steal money from the Charlotte Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Jimmy also recruits demolition expert Joe Bang to help them break into the track's underground system. Complications arise when a mix-up forces the crew to pull off the heist during a popular NASCAR race while also trying to dodge a relentless FBI agent. Decent synopsis. The FBI agent doesn't come into the end, so <laughs> I don't really. The casting in this movie is a little odd at parts, but as a whole, I recommend this film. And it was directed by Steven Soderbergh, who also did Aaron Brockovich, Magic Mike, and all three Ocean 11, 12, and 13 movies. So he's really good at this caper. Mm-hmm. I think he does a really good job with taking all these characters, mixing them together to get a result. So it was written by Rebecca, Rebecca Blunt. Matt, do you know who Rebecca Blunt is? Uh, Steven Soderbergh. Oh, what? <laughs> Not a real person, right? Uh, yeah, I love the IMDb page for Rebecca Blunt. Like it just says, uh, may or may not be a real person. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and starring Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, and Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's greatness. He is fantastic. Have he you... looked fun in the trailer. Yeah, he's yeah. great. But I have not seen this film yet. Uh, I do want to see it. But yeah, he looked like a lot of fun in the movie. It's weird because Chatting Tatum is kind of the weakest character for me personally in this. You can connect, obviously, with him being a father, losing his job, and trying to do all this stuff for his daughter. But... I was like, ah, yeah, I've seen this over and over. Adam Driver, though, and Daniel Craig, even though Daniel Craig's, you know, just a guy in jail who's going to blow something up, just his character and Adam Driver's are perfect. I could watch them all day. Nice. Yeah. It's So you've got Adam Driver with the whole one arm. One of his little shticks he likes to say over and over is, I didn't lose my arm. I lost my hand and my forearm. <laughs> like, it's just so... I love how dry the humor is for this guy. The critics love this movie. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 92%. 219 fresh reviews out of 237 for critics. The audience liked it, but not as much. 3.7 out of 5. And I can see why. The trailer, to me, kind of made this movie a big, action-packed fiasco, you know, going... More like an Oceans movie. Yeah, it's not. I kind of figured it would wouldn't be. Soderbergh always has something up his sleeve, and I feel I felt like the marketing was a little... It had to be a little sleight of hand on there. Yeah, because if you go into IMDb, you got a 7.1 out of 10 for 50,000 votes, and I believe that's probably where it should be. This isn't great, but it's really good. It's got its great moments. If you like character-driven films, this is it. Or a character-driven caper film. Because mm -hmm. that's really all this is. The budget was estimated pretty low, $29 million. So that right there should probably tell you it's not a crazy special effects-driven movie. It has some, but it's mostly small. This was kind of made like an independent movie. Yeah, I thought I read somewhere that Soderbergh put up a lot of that money himself. This is just like a baby for him. This type of director, I think, could easily start to push like an art film mm. with his cinematography background, anything like that. He never does that. He doesn't seem pompous at all even with his directing. 
He just seems like legitimately wants to have fun making a movie, and he does. Yeah. He's, you know, he's not Michael Bay. <laughs> so, the U- it didn't make a ton of money. It made its money back, but I see a total of $28 million in the U.S., and worldwide is 46.7. Like, eh, good enough. I hope he continues to make films. I know he had a huge hiatus there where he, I'm doing air quotes here, retired. Right. Yeah, and that, that was, was already do, already doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 50-50 on Soderbergh. I, I wasn't a big fan for a long time. It took me a while to kind of warm up to him, but uh, I have now, and I like some of his movies. I like the first Oceans movie. I like uh, mm-hmm. I like Contagion and Side Effects a lot, too. I thought those were cool, like, Hitchcockian type thrillers that he did so i i I, i'm warming up to him and i'll probably see this movie yeah he's he's interesting like when he did magic mike and i I watched magic mike it's actually a very entertaining film uh, i i didn't i didn't like it i guess i I think i wanted it to be raunchier i just felt like it almost didn't go there enough it wanted to but it was afraid to (laughs) well that's probably not his fault he probably wasn't allowed. That's true. It is really hard to do anything with penises in yeah. Hollywood movies. <laughs> well, that was a studio film. That mm-hmm. Logan Lucky, on the other hand, wasn't a studio film. And this is kind of a powerful statement they're telling studios. Is he went out of his way to get it made outside that system. And it looks like a studio film. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're going to see a lot of this. Yeah. With the high power directors or directors that can, you know, pull a cast and a small budget together. I think we're going to see a lot of them working outside the system now. Well, think about Blumhouse, what they're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, they're taking on scripts that no one else would get. I mean, you can even look at Netflix also that yeah. way. Netflix is picking up the scripts that nobody else will make. Yeah, it's it's fun. Netflix and Blumhouse are making making it hard for us in a good way. Because yeah. there's just so much content. Yeah, it, that, that's the good thing that's going to come of this, too. All of these filmmakers that we like and respect, or or new filmmakers that will be excited to see, are going to get to make the movies they want to make now. And it, we're going to be flooded with good content. <laughs> yeah, it's, a good, it's, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I love it. In this movie, Logan Lucky, one of the best things, other than, you know, I, I said, the getting away from the characters and the story, because the story is nothing. Hmm. There's not really anything interesting in it. It's all character-driven. But the way they interact with each other, it almost feels like Adam Driver and Channing Tatum kind of are brothers. Nice. Because they bounce lines off each other so well. It looks like a camera just happened to be in the room when they were talking to each other. That's a really good skill to have as a director. So I would suggest seeing this. Now we'll move on to some nerd news. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! Here's our nerd news. I was looking up some stuff, and I saw that Carrie Fisher has been dead for a year now. Good, uh, you know, tribute being Last Jedi coming out this year, then, for her. Yeah, it's incredible. I can't believe it's been one year already. Yeah. I remember this being the cherry on top of the shit sandwich that 2016 was. Yeah. Well... We got another shit sandwich this year, too. (laughs) Maybe it's I'm so used to eating shit now that it doesn't taste as bad. I I feel like, you know, we could put some mustard on this and maybe sell it. And then everyone (laughs) stares at me funny. (laughs) But, yeah, it was. It was really sad last year. But I do remember a lot of the nerds were like, but is Star Wars finished? (laughs) (laughs) She's dead? Oh, she'll die in the film. (laughs) 
I hope that didn't spoil anything for anyone. But I'm sorry, it's been out for like two weeks. What's wrong with you? Yeah, you've seen it already, nerds. We've seen it. You're going <laughs> to see it again. <laughs> Did you hear Alien Covenant, the sequel? It's done. Fox killed it. Yeah, right before the Fox-Disney merger. No Alien. Oh, no Disney Alien movie. <laughs> oh, no. No more Ridley Scott's Nightmare Dreams where he just wakes up in the middle of the mor- <laughs> middle of the night and comes up with a script. Yeah, the, the robot... Uh, whatever thing he was doing with it, the android franchise he was going to make instead of aliens uh, I, I, would... I think i think he did i think he wrote or worked with someone to write a script around just really liking michael fassbender uh, yeah i don't know because like i think the script for prometheus came to him and then i think he developed yeah. covenant with the writers or whatever but like I don't know if, yeah, he just, like, sort of fell in love with the material when it was brought to him, or if, like, that's just where his head's at now and he just wants to keep making Fassbender Android movies. I I don't know. Uh, I love and respect Ridley as a filmmaker, but Alien Covenant was just so middling for me. It was just so okay that, like, I'm kind of okay with this. Like, I I would like to see him do more stuff. I'm excited. This week I'm going to check out his new one, All the Money in the World, so I, I hope that one's at least good. Yeah, I do not like the prequels for the aliens. I also, I kind of just find them puzzling. I'm like, I, I didn't want this one. <laughs> and two, they're not executed executed well, so why am I paying money to go watch these confusing, weird films? Yeah, I mean, I, I, liked, I liked Prometheus a lot, but yeah, it is... It does present more questions than answers of anything, yeah. and it's just it leaves the gap too wide for a prequel between that and Alien. It's like we got to cover six more movies before we get to Alien, and you know Ridley would have made them all if it was up to him. <laughs> he would have been making ten or twelve Android movies that would have finally maybe got us to the first Alien. <laughs> oh, that would have sucked. Because <laughs> I, I would have seen every damn one. Oh of them. yeah, yeah, absolutely, and uh, I know I would have too. But I am excited to see if. You know, in a couple of years, somebody else comes in and gets to do one. It'd be fun to see if Neil Blomkamp got to do his Alien 5 that he wanted to yeah. do forever, or if they just get some young gun in there to do just, like, a straight-up Alien movie, just, like, drop us in the middle, who cares if it's a sequel or yes. not type thing. That'd be awesome. So I'm hoping maybe we give it a couple of years and then another sort of soft reboot of the franchise. Just don't do the first movie over again. Well, that's what I kind of liked about Robert Rodriguez going into Predator, shifting gears here on the Alien We'll go into Predator. The new Predator is still on. Yeah. So, and I believe Fox has that? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be uh, like August 9th or something like that. August 8th is one of those. So that's good. But Robert Rodriguez, when he did Predators, they just dropped us in the middle of something. And I think he did that specifically to be like, fuck this prequel shit. Yeah. Just give us a... It doesn't have to be after two... But it also doesn't have to be anywhere, you know, just somewhere in the timeline this happened. And I love that, about that. I thought that was a fun movie, too. Yeah, had a good time. <laughs> we're in an era where things have to be explained, and I don't want it. Yeah, just drop me in. That's, I mean, what they need to do with the next Friday the 13th movie, if they ever can get one off the ground. Just drop us in the middle. Who cares? Yeah. I just have Jason run around killing people. When does it fall in the timeline? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> so the I, new, next Alien movie should just be that. Aliens, you know, on a ship or on a planet, and they're just fucking shit up. That's all we want to see. We want to see some gore. We want to see some cool alien creature effects. That's all we want to see. 
So I also saw The Last Jedi passed up Wonder Woman in total U.S. box office numbers. So now it's number two in domestic, and it's just behind Beauty and the Beast. This is crazy. Disney has five of the top ten highest grossing domestic films, including number one, Beauty and the Beast, number two, The Last Jedi, and we also have Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. They are a monster. <laughs> I guess that uh, Spider-Man purchase from Sony paid off. <laughs> they are in the top five or top ten with the with that movie. Yeah, and it looks like Star Wars and Marvel are paying off for them too. I liked all these movies except for Beauty and the Beast, which I thought was okay, but was just just the live action version of the animated movie. So I would just assume go watch the animated movie then. But the other four were good. So I'm yes. glad they made money. I was surprised when I saw Beauty and the Beast was number one because I did watch it, and while Beauty and the Beast was a beautiful film, they did a great job. I don't want to ever rewatch it. I don't care. I'm, like I said, I'll go watch the cartoon again yeah. if I ever want to because it's the same movie. It's the exact same movie. The, I don't understand like what they did with Cinderella and what whatever it was called. They did um, Jungle Book also. Jungle Book. But that one's bullshit, I think, because they called that a live-action movie, and the entire thing except for Mowgli is animated. So it's just a remake. I still Just call it a remake. <laughs> it's funny. I've watched, I've attempted to watch that movie three times. Never made it through the whole thing. I got bored, got on my phone. The second time, I fell asleep, and the third time, Sarah and I really tried to finish it. Just... I don't know what happened. I can't even tell you what was more important than that, but it was something. <laughs> yeah, I thought I honestly thought the new Jungle Book was a heap of garbage. <laughs> I thought it was the worst of the three. I kind of like Cinderella, though, because they did some different stuff in there. I, see, I didn't even see it. I, I kind of like that one. I've I thought that one movie, was good. So. Yeah, I thought that one was good, but yeah, Beauty and the Beast kind of in the middle. Good production design, but like, yeah story-wise nothing new and then yeah jungle book was just awful i thought i called after the movie was over i called it a garbage fire because that's how i wow. felt after <laughs> <it was> over. <laughs> so it's just a bunch of like a bunch of bears and monkeys running around on fire <laughs> i wish in your head <laughs> yeah it's just like burning my childhood to the ground <laughs> yeah that movie was a garbage fire i did not enjoy it at all and i don't understand why it got as much praise as it did <laughs> i never will so, Matt, did you have a fun Christmas? I did. Did you? I did. I got a lot of weird, nerdy stuff. So I was happy. That's nice. all I want. If, it, if you're going to give me stuff, make sure it's nerdy. Yeah, I got I got some cash so I could buy some nerdy buy some nerdy stuff. Uh, but uh, if uh, any listeners want to give me gifts of nerdy stuff, I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> you're just walking in. I, I saw this magazine scream, and I knew you were a big horror buff. So uh, I got into it. And if anyone's ever seen this UK magazine, I would suggest getting it. Uh, and it also, because it had an article where it's an interview of Chucky, I ended up re-watching Cult of Chucky. I kind of liked it better the second time. Nice. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the first time I just wasn't into it. The second time, though, I, I had fun because I, I just knew what was going to come the whole time. And I felt like just watching Chucky do Chucky things. And he did. So... If you're into that, see Cult of Chucky, just see Chucky. Yeah. That's really what that is. <laughs> I, uh, it's funny, over the Christmas holiday with my folks, I ended up watching Seed of Chucky again this year. Jesus. This is the second time I've seen 
I love that movie. It's just so much fun. It's so stupid and ridiculous, but bloody, and it just moves with this great pace. I had such a good time with it again, and I, just like watching the the awe of stupidity, like uh, my parents' faces of just like, what are we watching right now? It was great. It was great. Jesus. <laughs> Your parents are so nice to you. <laughs> yeah, they really are. I was, I'm really surprised they didn't disown me at this point, and they, they still they still love me, so they're, they're troopers. <laughs> yeah, I have some good news, too, because Sarah's parents got me five VHSs for Christmas. We have more material to cover. Yes. They're feeding our problem. Yes. I can't wait. There's there's some good stuff in there, and one movie that I'm really not looking forward to. But uh, anytime you hear happen. Matt say that, I guarantee it's got Jesus in it, and it's from me. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be what it is, <laughs> and it's a mean Jesus flick. Oh, <laughs> don't do this to me. Oh yes, it's gonna take a lot of drugs or alcohol to get through that one. <laughs> yeah. um, now, now January is your month. Yes, so you get to pick it. So why don't you introduce the next one? Yeah, so we're we're doing this thing where we trade off months for a while, just picking uh, random movies or you know movies tied to the month or whatever. January is kind of nothing. So the movie that I picked for us to do first in January is a little one from 1996, so the same year as Jumanji, and it is The Adventures of Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hollywood likes to dump trash on us in January, and we're starting it off right in our own set, in our own <laughs> little podcast here. That's right. Our notes in front of us just says, God help us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never seen it. I'm never looking, seen it? No. I haven't seen it in 20 years, so that's why I'm excited to watch it, because I haven't seen it since theaters. I haven't seen it on TV. I haven't watched the VHS. I haven't seen it since theaters in 1996. After you're done listening to our beautiful voices, go ahead and go watch that trailer. It's nightmare fuel. Yeah, I can't oh wait. Oh my gosh! I've got, I've got, uh, I've got some stories to tell about this one. I may even have some show and tell things to bring in. Uh, we can take pictures of. This one's going to be really interesting to t- dissect because I've got some good behind-the-scenes stuff for this one too. So. Yeah, I showed the trailer to my friend Mike while at home, and he just looks at me, and goes, "This is." weird am i like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, you're right it gets weird (laughs) it's gonna get weird over here yeah so definitely check that episode out and just like listen to us scream (laughs) the entire time because that little puppet is horrifying (laughs) we might have to get some booze into here to to get through it yes the movie and the podcast (laughs) yes so where did you find it by the way I found it at the Goodwill. Sealed. I can't believe you 25 found- cents. Wow. Sealed copy, brand new. It even, and I'll bring them in and we can take pictures of them. It even still has the promotional stickers on the front that's like tied in with Hormel. Like buy a can of chili and like get 25 cents off your tape or something like that. Ooh, does it have an expiration date? It does and it's over. Damn. It was like 1997. We missed it. Just <laughs> missed it. <laughs> missed 20 it by years. 20 years. <laughs> but we're kicking off 2018 right with... Adventures of Pinocchio. Yes, it's going to be great. I'll come back in February with a couple winners, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for these next couple months because I think it's going to just be some weird, wild, and wonderful stuff. So we had a winner of our Shaun of the Dead. His name is Brad Beal. He's in Omaha, Nebraska. Nice. 
That's right. So I'm sending you your steel box. It's coming in the mail. Actually, by the time you listen to it, you might have it. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, who gave us some reviews. We have uh, nine, ten ratings now, and we have, like, five reviews. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Please keep them coming. Tell your friends to review us and give us little ratings and things like that on iTunes. Keep talking about the podcast. Keep sharing it. Everything helps. Yes, we love it. We love doing this. All right, until next week, see you later. See ya.